0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first Armory 33 podcast. I'm your host, Quinn, and today I'm joined by the second famous host of Cast of the Past podcast from Bad Elephant Gaming, Mr. Josh. Yeah, that's me. Josh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm,
1: you know, I'm doing good.
0: I'm living the dream, as they would say. That's that's good to hear. I wanted to have you as the first guest here on the podcast. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about everything and some things about... Other
1: topic. Everything and nothing. Yes, okay, exactly.
0: Gotcha. Exactly.
1: So what have you been up to lately? Oh, man. Besides playing Marvel Snap, nothing, really. Just playing Marvel Snap constantly. That's all I do. Um, you can pretty much catch me streaming it every Monday through Thursday over at Twitch. Um, because Marvel Snap has consumed my life right now. So I, I've caught some of those
0: Twitch streams mm-hmm. and... They're entertaining and yet frustrating for me to watch at the same time <laughs> being a fellow player of marvel snap right now do you want to explain to the people that are listening what marvel snap is if they don't already know and if you don't know go download it
1: you're gonna thank it's later yeah. marvel snap is a free to play and you don't even need to spend any money in the game if you don't want to but it is a card game where you are given a deck of cards with marvel characters on them that have each of their own abilities and you have to play against an opponent where you are given three locations to score the most points at two out of three of those locations. It is completely free to play. So it's not one of those gotchas where you have to play for a certain amount of time to get credits, to be able to spend money, to get more credits, to get better cards. Um, anybody can join at this game and not spend a single dime and be on an equal playing field as someone like myself.
0: Now, this is not an ad, but if they would love to sponsor either one of us, that would be greatly oh, yeah, appreciated.
1: 100% twitch.tv slash bad elephant gaming
0: now you recently did something that i don't think
1: most people that play marvel snap have done Mm -hmm. would you like to talk about that i recently became infinite status which means i took um, my my character my my profile that i have and i was able to level it all the way up to 100 which is the max level that you can get in the game um before you pretty much are I don't want to say a god at the game, but I mean, it's pretty pretty damn close to it. Now, me, myself, I'm at level
0: 25. Yeah. So, it's it's good and it's bad. Uh, I've been as high as 31. Mm-hmm. I've been on some losing streaks where it really takes your self-esteem. It takes a hit right there, and mm-hmm. you see yourself dwindle from the mid-30s all the way down to... 25 right now i was as well as
1: 22 yeah the, as of yesterday afternoon the hardest hit i ever took was i was level 91 and i dropped to level 68 um that was the hardest hit i've ever taken it it hurt really bad but in the course of three days i went from 68 to 103 so anything's possible you just gotta learn the rules and the number one rule is know when to retreat and retreat does not cost a single thing you get out with everything scaved, Nope. You, you are fine. Nope. You lose a you lose one cube. One cube is better than eight. Ex- exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: I mean I, I'm not good at math, but one is fewer than eight. Correct. And I'd rather lose one ten times over than eight five times over.
1: So if you don't mind me asking, what type of deck are you currently playing?
0: I am currently playing with a very heavy uh higher power deck. Okay. Um, A lot of four, fives, and sixes to get into those nail-biting finishes. Um, As you are well aware that, you know, the last
1: card somebody plays can make or break you when you think that you have a location one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's been decks, there's several different types of decks that you can play in the game. There's ones that are based around characters who destroy your cards. There's ones that are based around characters who can discard your hand. There's cards that move your cards from place to place. There's so many different ways to go about this and everybody has their own style of gameplay. I am a strict... Um, I like to think outside the box. I'm more of a 4D chess kind of player where I'm pretty much in your head. I'm two steps ahead of you because I know what moves you're going to play. By the time you hit the end of turn two, I already know what type of deck you're going to be playing with. So I know what cards are going to be coming because I've, I think right the last time I checked, I have around 8,000, 9,000 games played in this game already. Um, I have close to 600 hours in the game. Wow. Uh, in the course of four months now. So I've seen a lot of stuff, and I've seen the best and worst of this game.
0: A uh, note right there is that you've been playing this for four months. Uh, what's your collector level? For those who don't know, collector level is... Correct me if I'm wrong, this is your main ranking in the game, at what level you were at?
1: Yes. Okay, so there's several different types of rankings in the game. You have collector's levels, you have your season ranking, and then you have your season pass ranking. These all are different when it comes to your status in the game. Your collection level is based on how much you upgrade your cards. So that's your main one. That number that you see there is what's going to pin you against other people of similar collection levels because you should have a certain amount of cards by the time that you hit a particular number. So your how high your collection level is is based around how hard your opponents are going to be. So if you're in the early hundreds or so like that, you're going to have a lot of easier people that you're going to be playing against because they're not going to have any more of the complex cards that you would get later down the road. If you're playing, let's say, up in the 5,000 collectors ranks where I am currently located right now, you're playing against some of the best of the best of the entire game because most of your highest players in the game are going to be sitting around the 4,000 to 8,000 collectors Mm -hmm. ranking. So that's for your collector's rankings. Your season rankings is what we were talking about, how you can become infinite status. And you said you're currently number, you're 25. I'm currently 103 right now in my season ranking. That gives you particular goals and gives you special items for every 10 ranks that you would move up. And then you have your season pass, which is if you pay for the season pass, you are given a special ranking by doing particular tasks or quests and stuff like that throughout the season where you get free items as well. It could be anything from different cards. It could be from newer cards. It can be gold. It can be credits. Any type of those things. And one thing that
0: I like about the different cards, as you just mentioned, are you get different variants of the cards. Mm -hmm. Um, you were looking through my decks a little bit earlier, and you mentioned that you like my 8-bit Cyclops card. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm particularly fond of the 8-bit ones just because it gives us more of that early 90s video game aspect of it where, you know,
1: everything's an 8-bit and we don't have the graphics that we have now. Yeah, there's several different artists uh, that are now credited in the game that produce the different variants. So every card has between four to eight different variants of that particular card. And like we were talking about the 8-bit cards, they're great and they're fantastic and I love the way that they look. Um, but you mentioned the early 90s stuff. I actually have several cards that are from the early 90s. So it is the 90s Gambit, 90s Rogue, okay. 90s Cyclops. Like it is all the same artwork work that you get from the old TV series and stuff like that. So there's anything from alex ross uh artwork to todd McFarlane's artwork to like i said the 8-bit animation stuff uh stuff that's based around the video games or the animated tv series as well they're also included in there too so Uh, if you could have three cards in all of your decks what would they be if i could have three cards in my decks i would definitely say arrow i think she is probably one of the best when it comes to a late game move um she's decides a lot of my games for me I would take Rogue as well because I think Rogue is the second best card in the entire game next to Arrow. And then for my third card, I don't know. I would I would love to say Devil Dinosaur just because it is a high point boost game. It's a high point card. However, I don't know. I I would probably say Darkhawk would be my third and final card because it is a newer card but it is a card that can make the opponent think that they're going to win and then all of a sudden they lose by a lot of points and the reason being is Darkhawk gets points for the amount of cards that are in your opponent's deck so if you keep giving your opponent cards they can't draw which means that their deck gets bigger and bigger, which means you're getting more points for every time. So if you're playing something like Rock Slide or Korg, where you're putting more cards in the opponent's deck, you're actually getting more points for that.
0: So it would be the opposite of Moon Girl, where you get more points for cards. You don't, you don't get are... points for Moon Girl. Moon Girl just uh, duplicates your hand. That's true. I'm sorry. I meant Red Dino, where you get more points that are in your hand, which leads me to that would be my first card that I use in a majority of my decks is Red Dino. Double dinosaur. Du- yeah, Double dinosaur. Sorry, I have Red Dino written on my notes.
1: I apologize. <laughs> He's um, a red dinosaur. He is a red dinosaur. So
0: that's why. I, see name uh, name
1: recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by my second card, which I already mentioned is Moon Girl. Okay. Because have to play them side by side exactly so let me ask you a question before you give me your third card are you excited for the devil dinosaur moon girl show coming to disney plus i am i am because it's one of those things like nobody knew about these characters and now all of a sudden we're going to be getting a show on these two characters that are based around the game which is always a great thing as long as they don't make a squirrel girl tv show we'll be perfectly fine about that fun fact squirrel girl was actually um, cast already in the Marvel Universe. She just hasn't been seen yet. Uh, she's actually cast by, I believe her, I forget her last name, but I believe her first name is Mila. She's the at girl. Oh. So she's going to actually be, she was cast as Squirrel Girl in the MCU.
0: I don't know if I'm going to be looking forward to that. Uh, I, love, too, I love it. I love it. Squirrel Girl is good as long as she's not, you know, adding random squirrels at every <laughs> location in the game. It's true. I mean, the guard face area is very valuable. You get 12 spots. You can't have it taken up by a little little squirrel.
1: And what's your third card? My third card is gonna be Thor. Thor, Thor. okay. Uh, do you have Lockjaw? I do not. Okay, Wait. when you get Lockjaw, you're gonna enjoy Thor more.
0: I like Thor because his power is you get Milnor shuffled into your deck, and if you have Milnor still in your hand and you play Moon Girl, you get double it, mm-hmm. which means you get two mighty hammers you can throw out there right granted they don't give you any points but they boost the power immensely you and just gotta hope that you get that card though yes it's it's a very lucky draw when you do and i'm pretty sure i squealed a few times when i had that come up in play mm-hmm. and i was like yep this one's gonna be a win and it was right uh so we talked a little bit about cards that you would keep in your deck mm-hmm. what are some of the cards you don't
1: like to be used against you to be used against me shang chi is definitely a big one because that will ruin anything big um that you have played out there it can usually takes away my devil dinosaur yep uh the second thing Second card I would probably recommend not having would be Cosmo completely blocking any on reveals uh, from happening. So if you have something like Silver Surfer or you have any cards that are hugely reliant on on reveals, Cosmo is going to make or break that. And then the third one I would probably say never to include in your hand is Sandman. Sandman is probably one of the worst cards in the game and what the I don't know I'm not sure if you have Sandman or not but I, I do I played with him he's in one of my earlier decks
0: I built because he's one of the first cards I got yeah but that power he has yeah when you only have a couple when you can bring a couple of cards at one time you can only use one of those cards yeah and it's kind of a double-edged sword it's good and it's bad mostly it's on the bad side yeah because if you don't have any six cards and you have three twos you have to pick one of them
1: exactly yeah so that's it gets pretty tedious when you when it comes to using Sandman, because both players can only play one card per turn, and that kind of ruins the fun, I think, of the game.
0: It makes it a little bit more strategic than when you see that card being played, and you're like, I was going to go this way, now I have to do a complete 180 and go a completely opposite direction. Right. So we talked about some of the cards that you don't like. Mm-hmm. The cards that I hate when they're played against me mm-hmm. is Hobgoblin.
1: Hobgoblin, Green Goblin. Yeah, th-
0: that smile, that yeah. laugh and smile right yeah. there. You know exactly yeah. where I'm going with that conversation. Yeah, because I
1: have those type of decks. <laughs> you don't get to be rank 103 without making people happy about playing you, right? Hey, a wise man once said, "You to,
0: to make an omelet, you have to crack some eggs. Right. I also don't like Goose. Love the character Goose in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Florkin, but you...
1: Can't play any cards 4, 5, or 6. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, and yep. that one comes in midway through the game, and it takes away your whole entire momentum you thought you had built build up. And they're like, well, no, nope, we're going to make you sweat this one out and see how this ends. I'm surprised you didn't say Spider-Man. <laughs> Way to read my mind, because that's my third card. Okay. Love Spidey, love Tom Holland, uh, Peter Parker, all those guys. But, yeah we talked about this a little bit earlier when you play Spider-Man and they put it in the last spot. You can put a card Mm -hmm. on turn six. Yeah. You feel like you just wasted three minutes of your day. Yeah. Not being able to play and potentially win
1: because Spider-Man will lock that area down and as of right now talking there are currently i think like 180 some cards that are inside the game not counting uh variants as well too so these cards that we mentioned while some of them being the best some of them being the worst you can still make great decks out of these cards that are terrible for you you just need to make sure you know what you're doing or you know what you're how you're playing or what you're looking to go for Um, it all comes down to what type of deck you're going to be playing at the end of the day or what you want your main accomplishment to be i have a deck specifically made where the opponent is going to get minimum negative eight per turn and that's one of those things like well the, the object is to get as high as possible yeah but my point is to make you as low as possible so instead you can throw
0: one card out there because some of the challenges they come with is you have to win a location with just one card right exactly so if you have somebody at negative eight you can literally throw a one power card out there that gives you two power or even
1: one power exactly and you're like huh it wasn't pretty for them i could play ebony maw and get a plus seven while they're at a plus uh, negative eight that's a, a nine point difference right there so, No, Ma- I'm sorry. That's a 19-point difference. Yeah, and
0: Ebony Maw is one of those cards that I, I like to play. I don't like to play it because you lock that area down and you cannot add any more cards to it. Do you have Invisible
1: Woman? I do not. Once you get Invisible Woman, you can play Ebony Maw right behind Invisible Woman, and then you can continue playing cards the rest of the turn, Look the rest of that. the game.
0: Tips and tricks. Yeah. Without
1: buying the magazine from the early 90s. I know. And you Listen, if you ever need... Tips and tricks and other uh, deck building guide stuff, head on over to youtube.com slash at BadElephantGaming, where I do deck building videos every Tuesday and Friday. Okay, so we talked
0: about cards. We talked about the game in general. Mm -hmm. One thing we didn't touch on were the locations. Yes. So each game, you get three different locations with some aspects where you can get more than that location if you have certain cards where they can switch locations. Mm -hmm. But you get three main locations you have to play at, Every game. Yes. What are the locations you hate to see when they pop up? Like, when they pop up and you immediately just hang your head saying, we have to play here no matter what.
1: Warrior Falls, I absolutely hate. That's where the two lo- the cards have to fight each other at the end of every turn. I hate the District X, where it removes your deck and replaces it with three random cards 10 random cards 10 random cards yep and then i hate it's a it's a big tie between lamentus 1 which is my favorite bible verse um or weird world where it's you have to play from your opponent's hand so you you guys swap decks and you have to pretty much play from each other's uh, decks and hands. And I hate the, those worlds because it's like you have a game plan going in. Now you have to change up everything and you have to try to play what they have. And you have to try to figure out what type of deck they have. So you need to know what cards are going to be coming. So,
0: so yeah. when you play from another
1: person's hands, you just sit there and go, what does this person think when they build their deck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Lamentus one, um, is is really funny because that one it just des- destroys your deck and then it draws three cards, so that's all you get. Whatever's in your hand is what you get to play with the rest of the game, and it just ruins. I think it takes a lot of air out of the room when it comes to those locations because let's it hope that poopy. never comes up on the first location
0: revealed, right? Because then it's going to be a very quick game. Yeah. So the locations that I found over my time playing this game, which has been about a month and a half, I started about early December, Mm -hmm. um, have been the Dark Dimension. Okay. Which I forget what that
1: power is, I just know every time it comes up, I don't like it. Dark Dimension's the one where the cards aren't revealed until the very end of the game.
0: Yes, because I like to see what my opponent's playing. Mm -hmm. I I hate that little... Oh, we're gonna we're gonna play blind here in this location. Mm-hmm. So I tend not to put anything in that yeah. location unless I absolutely have to. Right. But then I'll, I'll flip it over and they'll have Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl and Moon Knight and yeah. Iron Man who doubles everybody's power. Right. So I'm immediately going. Well, I always so just play Shang Chi there. I don't have Shang Chi. Oh,
1: See, I don't have okay. Shang Chi. See,
0: that's where I kind of get mad. Where. I see other people playing these wonderful cards, greatly illustrated, yep. great powers, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could have that card. <laughs> one location I often don't like is Central Park. Ah, uh, getting the squirrels. Getting squirrels. Is it two squirrels per location?
1: It's one squirrel per location. Yeah, one squirrel per location. No,
0: the only time I don't mind that coming up is when I have a Killmonger card in my hand mm-hmm. because that's wiping out everything that's one power save killmonger till the end though. exactly yep exactly and also sanctum centaur love dr strange love Wong. why put a location in there if you can't play any cards there unless you have a white tiger that will put a six power tiger in that location
1: white tiger nightcrawler vision mr fantastic they all have the ability dr doom they all have ability to be played into those locations there
0: It all depends on how your deck's built and what you
1: use. Yep, 100%. Now, are there locations in the game that you actually love when they pop up? Rickety Bridge is my new favorite location. Why would you say that? I absolutely love it because I play arrow in it at the very end, so when they think that they have the game won, I move their final cards over to Rickety Bridge and sacrifice my arrow to destroy all their cards, and then I win two locations. I play Mr. Fantastic in the middle, or Mr. Fantastic to the location next to it, so I'm guaranteed two points, even though I'm sacrificing every card in that location boom i didn't know
0: about arrow until this (laughs) afternoon uh usually you asked yeah (laughs) yeah. usually when i see rickety bridge come up Uh uh-huh uh i pray that i get a scarlet witch who's gonna change that location for me but then she'll usually change it to like a bar with no name
1: yeah why don't you play arrow no i'm sorry uh why don't you play armor cards can't be destroyed then it is true i forgot see this is why i talked to you about this kind of stuff (laughs) It's almost like
0: I've seen (laughs) something. It's it's, it's like you've streamed eight plus hours before or something like that. What is your longest stream on Twitch?
1: Uh, Longest stream on Twitch. Apart from Marvel Snap. uh, I did a 25 hour long stream. I did two 25 hour long streams on Twitch. Um, Yeah. And then when I we do, I did a 12 hour Elden Ring stream. I did... the reason that the Marvel Snap one went almost eight hours was because I was playing until I hit level 100. And I said, I'm not going to sleep until I hit level 100. And it took me seven hours and 21 minutes to be able to do that and pull that off. Um, going from level 90 to 103 is what we did in that time frame. So,
0: and Most people listening, they're thinking, oh, that's not that far of a level gain. Yeah. But... When the max you can get is eight cubes, and you need ten to go up to the next level, but then you have some games where you're losing, they're snapping on you, yeah, and you're like, you know what? It's like poker. We'll see what their hand is. So you're gonna snap two and call. It is, and then you're like, oh, I messed up.
1: I did something bad. It is a digital version of poker slash blackjack for marvel fans if you think about it that way it is a card game based where you are betting your chips against somebody else's chips to be able to outscore them in one particular way which is very similar to poker Mm -hmm. you're given a a hand of seven cards and you need to make it work so is there anything you're excited for or wish they would do in new updates of the game so i know recently with some of the updates that are coming out cuz i stay up to date with people who dive into the uh coding and stuff like that we are going to be getting the ability to add friends in the game so you'll be able to play against people that you know will you be my friend when that comes out i i will gladly play anybody and everybody who wants to play against me in marvel snap no problem and we are going to be able to add guilds. So we will be making particular guilds where people can join them and then play um, against other guilds and stuff like that. So you can, we can have like a giant group of people who is like, this is the Bad Elephant Gaming group, and then go ahead and we would play against other people throughout um, Marvel Snap. There is going to be some cosmetic changes and stuff like that coming. I know that they're going to be upgrading the PC version of the game. But one thing I wish would be coming um, is the ability to pin variants in the shop. Because right now you can't. Your variants change out every night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's annoying because I like this one particular variant, but I don't have enough gold to get it. So now I have to wait till it appears in my shop again and hope that I have enough gold for it. I want to be able to pin it so I don't need to worry about it disappearing on me.
0: Now, speaking of pinning things, you can pin the, I believe it's the collector's card that comes out every couple of
1: hours so Does it changes change every six i believe it's every eight hours i never said math was my strong suit yep every eight hours it changes that it's not a collector's card it is a card that you don't have so it's a it's a way for you to be able to collect more cards in the game so if you are short this one particular card say for instance you don't have shang chi Shang-Chi will pop up in that shop, you can actually use collector's tokens to be able to purchase it. You cannot buy collector's tokens, which I absolutely love. That shows that you have to earn them going back to the game being completely free. You don't need to pay for anything in the game itself. It's you get the in-game currency you use for just playing good. And by playing good, you can get more benefits like getting new cards, getting variants, getting more credit, getting other golds, all that kind of stuff. One
0: thing I wish you'd be able to do is get collector's tokens easier. Because I don't think I have gotten a collector's token in about three days. And I went from collector's level 900 Mm -hmm. to 1124.
1: Right. You'll get those by opening... Uh, collector reserves, so the chest that you get in the game. So they made that a little bit easier, and they made it more coherent for you because before you used to only be able to get 100 at a time. Now you can get um, between 100 and up to 600 collector's tokens coming from those chests.
0: And 600 collector's tokens, that puts you at a brand new card if if there's one that you have pinned. Right. Because I think they they cost about 600 or up to 1,000, correct? 1,000
1: is the lowest that the cards are. They go all the way up to 6,000, which like the remaining cards that I have right now, they're 6,000 tokens each, which I have enough tokens built up because of the amount of levels that I've climbed and i hoard everything. But I like the satisfaction of opening up a collector's reserve and seeing a new card inside of it instead. So I got my Thanos.
0: Okay, rub that one in, the, in there. Okay. Now, while watching your stream, mm-hmm. you do something very particular when you have a clean sweep which is winning all three locations mm-hmm. can you talk about that and where that came from or is that just a whim and you're like this is going to make great content uh so you're talking about the La Bamba? yes so yes. I love when the La Bamba comes yeah. on yeah because usually I'm watching you with my headphones in and, and I see you get excited and I hear the music and kind of want to dance a little bit
1: so when we win three locations or we win eight cubes during our streams um we play Labamba, and the reason that that happens is because one day we were trying to work on sound effects and something that would be funny for people and for some reason Labamba came in my head and I was I started laughing uncontrollably and I didn't tell Tom or I didn't tell producer Becca what the the sound was and then when it happened i played the la Bamba thing and everybody lost it everybody lost it that was watching it um tom and producer becca absolutely lot went crazy for it and it just stuck ever since and now every time we do something amazing when we win um we immediately the the chat has the ability to play the song um for us if they want and they usually do when we hit uh rank 100 they played it five times because it was such a great victory that we did so you just constantly la Bamba was playing on repeat over and over, and it's over one again one of those
0: milestones that deserves yeah, over a little bit of special effect, right there yeah and but who doesn't love la Bamba? that is true if you don't like la Bamba, don't watch don't watch this man's twitch yeah, don't do it but you know i what? mean you could
1: still do it though yeah it's nice
0: just mute it yeah, we like to make you uh, stay hydrated every now and then. Yeah, uh, you exactly. Know, do those random little things that you guys do, which that elephant gaming is one of the greatest channels you can probably ever watch. Yeah, I you know I would say so. That that Tom guy is really great though. That his co-host, meh, producer Becca, fantastic person. Yeah, those two are great. The other one, yeah, take it or leave it. All right, so we talk about Marvel Snap basically being a game adaptation of comics and movies. Yeah. Speaking of adaptations, in your mind. Is there any good movie adaptation of a video
1: game? Video game movie adaptations. So, I actually have a couple of them that come to mind when I think of good video game movies because people are always like, "Oh, there's never been a good one." Yes, there has. Um we want to talk about Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat movie, great adaptation of a video game. Talk about Silent Hill. The Silent Hill movie was a great adaptation of a video game. The Last of Us TV show that just aired on HBO, the first episode, an amazing adaptation of a video game. And I'm going to say it, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie, amazing adaptation of a video game. Okay,
0: now let's go back to the first one you mentioned. Because mm-hmm. that's on the top of my list. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1995. hmm The reason that is a a great adaptation for me Mm -hmm. is because I remember Mortal Kombat being one of the first games I picked a controller up and was playing. Right. Uh, I was always Sub-Zero. I love the color blue, black and blue. Fantastic. Uh, The person I would always play against when I was younger, he always used Scorpion. Not a fair fight. It's sort of like two brothers just battling out in a video game. Which is kind of unfair, but kind of needed at the same exact time. But the Scorpion-Johnny Cage fight, when I hear of great moments in a fighting movie, fighting video game, or a fight sequence, Mm -hmm. I just think about that going through the woods. Um, Yeah, those are $500 sunglasses. I know.
1: So that is (sighs) re-watching the movie. That's one of the weaker fights in it, I think, I because it's so I... short. And then you have the stupid cartwheel that Scorpion does from behind the trees. Like, eh, I don't know about it, that. It's a but... good it's a good mix of bad fight sequence and just... The thing is, the movie came out in 95. There's been a lot of things that haven't aged well with it. However, being a movie adaptation of a video game, I think it hits all the key pieces that needs to work okay
0: now one thing i have written down here that you didn't touch on and i know we're gonna argue about this here for a little bit the uncharted movie yeah featuring marky mark Wahlberg Mm -hmm. and spider-man tom holland Mm -hmm. that to me is a great adaptation of a game series that never had a bad game in it bad parts of a game franchise yes bad game mechanic changes yes overall I think that was a great movie oh, uh, and there's that sigh we all um, know and love that no it.
1: it it was a movie made off of a franchise and it sums up the f- second and third game and it I just I don't know I I watched that movie and I just the characters that they picked the actors that they picked for it just don't work They don't match. They don't mend. It doesn't feel... It feels more like a National Treasure movie than it does an Uncharted film. When I think of the Uncharted video game, I think of a wisecracking um, Nathan Drake. While we got some of that, Tom Holland, I just don't think, pulled off the character of Nathan Drake. But Tom Holland being a bar, bartender scene with him, that was where you got some of
0: his better... Tom
1: Holland looks like he's 16 years old playing a late 20s early 30 year old person he's gonna age like a fine wine eventually okay, whatever no I, I i overall was it a good movie it was fine uh is it a great video game adaptation i don't personally think so because uncharted is just it's just indiana jones just younger that i could see
0: that i could see that being true but one thing i do remember from that movie is when they find the avery ship from uncharted four mm-hmm. um That scene, I think Tom Holland did a great job bringing that to life because I played that game, I believe that was on turn four, I played that game numerous times and every time I see that clip, I know it's coming up, I still get excited. So seeing that on the big screen and like a live action version of that, Mm -hmm. I was like, yep, that's what solidified that movie for me. Were there bad parts of it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I think they could have did a better choice in casting solely? Yes. I think Tom Holland
1: was one of the better choices in Hollywood to be Nathan Drake. The problem is Hollywood only cares about names. They don't care about source material. And that's why the Last of Us TV show is doing so well, right? It's people who care about the video game that's making it. Some of the people that are actually in the show are the original voice actors of the game that's why it's able to be such a faithful recreation because they're taking their time they're not trying to do a cash grab to it they made sure that the people who are involved with it care about the source material want to make the proper adaptation that you would get from it and that's why we got almost a shot for shot remake of the prologue of the game now i know speaking of the last of us tv show mm-hmm. the mandalorian
0: pedro pascal mm-hmm. is the new lead character yeah joel, joel. yep Now, who plays the female lead? Uh, So the character
1: of... Because I believe when The Last of Us came out, you played this game very heavily. Yeah, so the character of Ellie is played by Bella Ramsey. She was in the uh, hit show Game of Thrones, and she does an amazing job of playing Ellie in the TV show as well, too. Um, Like I said, we're one episode into the show right now, so we'll see how the rest of it is. It's every Sunday night, I think at nine o'clock it comes on TV, but so far it's been fantastic. And while there's some minor changes that they've made in the casting of, you know, the characters and stuff like that, I think everyone's given a proper... Respect and they're not reinventing these characters, they're paying you know tribute, they're paying respect, they're paying homage to the great characters that you've gotten from the video games. And that's what a good adaptation needs to do, it needs to respect its roots and not just go for a cash grab.
0: And we say on like, the Halo trilogy Amazon put out, yeah, 100%. I watched the first two episodes of that, mm-hmm. and I was like, That this is not
1: Halo, yeah, I turned it off, I refuse to watch the rest of it. Yeah, I so didn't I even to... watch it because all I heard about was you get to see Master Chief's ass. And I'm like, that's not, that's not Halo. I mean,
0: most people want to see Master Chief's ass. We're not really entirely sure about that. Let me throw one more movie out there and mm-hmm. who let me know no, if it was a good adaptation or not. Okay. Super Mario Brothers. No, what absolutely about, not. What about any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games
1: they're, or movies? They're not based off of a video game. They're based off video game characters. No, they're not. They're based off of comic book characters that is true but they also have turtles in time yeah there's there's 30 some ninja turtle video (laughs) games out there like there you can't just say that they're video game characters when the comic series came out in the mid 80s okay very true (laughs) for mario brothers movies um one thing i would i would say there is a video game on the nes called interest in dino city or something like something along the lines and honestly if that would have been called that game like I'm, if the movie would have been called that game i think it would have been completely different because the the mario movie that we got was based around people turning into dinosaurs and people turning into lizards and iguanas and all kinds of weird goofy crap um and it, it was terrible uh, is it something that i will go back and watch every now and then just because of how bad it is it's one of those it's so bad it's good i don't have a problem with that at all um i think it's a terrible movie adaptation though it's one of those it's so bad it's good type movies though adventures of dinos C- dinos dinatron city i think it was called i i it's that sounds like Eli a very right early 80s name for a
0: video it really game. does yeah it, it really <laughs>
1: does but
0: trying to think if there's any other detective pikachu it was based off of the video game on the 3ds called detective
1: pikachu ryan reynolds does a great job in that movie
0: well Mm -hmm. he okay he has not ryan reynolds
1: plays ryan reynolds he doesn't play pikachu that's basically his
0: mo for every movie he's in ryan reynolds playing this character what's his character's description
1: he's ryan reynolds yeah exactly that's why like ryan reynolds is a good actor i think he's made a lot of good films but he is playing the same character in every single movie he is the he's turning into the rock almost where he's play or chris pratt where he's playing the same character in every single movie hey i'm mario welcome everybody koopas koopas oh. i'm mario my name's chris pratt oh koopas that I'm excited
0: to see that movie, but Mm -hmm. when I heard that in the trailer, it kind of just, I was like, oh no. Wahoo!
1: Um, (laughs) At at the end of the day, I think that movie is going to be amazing. Just from all the clips that I've seen of it, all the hidden Easter eggs for fans uh, who are extremely deep video game fans uh, like myself and who can see all the little Easter eggs that they've hidden inside of it and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a great movie for people like me, and it's going to be a great movie for people who aren't really into video games and just have parents that are like, hey, remember Mario from our childhood? You're going to love it too, little Johnny. You mentioned Easter eggs
0: in video games. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite Easter egg in any video game or movie? I know that wasn't something we talked about earlier about talking about, but I think that's a nice segue. Because I can name one movie that's just a giant Easter egg all in all okay what's that that's ready player one
1: yeah i mean it's not a good movie but it was a good the book was better yeah i mean i i didn't think the movie was great but it does i mean that's it's like hey remember that thing look at it look over here remember that thing look over here hey remember when a t-rex
0: chased a jeep right it's in the
1: movie right um when we talk about easter eggs in games what's our favorite easter egg in games Part of me would say probably Link's Awakening when you go and do your first like little journey or a uh, little quest in the game where you have to play this claw machine game to win an item for a young girl who's going to give you a particular thing that you need to advance in the story. Um, you would play a claw machine and you have to pull out a doll and the doll's actually a Yoshi that you pull out from it. Oh. So it's like tying the Mario universe and the Zelda universe together. And that's one of the first- So they're, they're in
0: the same universe? Is that what you're saying? They're
1: not in the same universe because Link's Awakening was a dream. Spoiler alert for a game that's 35 years old. <laughs> That's older than both of us, but yeah, and now it's like it's about thirty years old. And the other one is Super Mario RPG. When you sleep at a particular inn, uh, one time you wake up, Samus is sleeping in one of the beds in the inn as well, too. So you got a nice little Mario and Metroid combination that happened there. But we talk about Easter eggs in general. I think Super Smash Brothers is probably the best thing when it comes to bringing all of the universes in Easter egg stuff together.
0: That's one game I vow never to play with you and your group of friends again. Because mm-hmm. I just remember Saturdays, we would just play that nonstop for hours. Yeah. And it always turned into me getting upset and leaving. <laughs> because yeah. I would always hear, Falcon Punch! Yes. Falcon Punch! And I'm like, well, oh, I'm done. <laughs> with that being said, next time is always right around the corner. Josh, where can the people find you if they want to watch more Marvel, Snap, or
1: just video game content in general? We are on the internet Anywhere you can type in Bad Elephant Gaming, we have a website, badelephantgaming.com. You can catch us over at YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, even TikTok. We're everywhere that you need to see um, at Bad Elephant Gaming. Definitely go out and watch. Have a good day, everybody. But until next time, we'll see you in the future.